Georgia Dow is a therapist, but she's not your therapist. This show should not substitute a personal consultation with a professional. in the afternoon before well because i was out last week for rosh hashanah which is the beginning of the high holy days where we repent for our sins so there's a uh there's a tradition there where you take like breadcrumbs and sprinkle them in a in a lake to kind of take represent your sins like you're casting them off so i'm i'm actually thinking since we started this show i've been having to bring more and more bread with me and i really should just get like a baker on retainer (laughs) for for next year just so that i have enough to to cover me but so i have to fast starting tomorrow for 24 hours no food no water and if i go into that with my you know two cups of coffee a day habit and then go complete cold turkey on the caffeine withdrawal it's not good for anybody so i've been spending this week uh trying to cut out the afternoon coffee this is the time of year that dunkin donuts gets apple cider so i just swap that out instead which is it's it's kind of like you know a smoker taking celery sticks <laughs> so so i'm uh I, i'm i'm maybe a little bit less coherent than usual because i am severely under caffeinated so i apologize to our listeners in advance maybe i'm maybe i'll be more entertaining who knows I don't know. <laughs> okay, so we've got we've got Georgia. Georgia's MIA this week. Georgia's out. Micah, I, I get the feeling you're playing with half power today. Steve <laughs> is out. I'm I'm okay. I am operating at full Brianna capacity. Uh, Jessica, <laughs> are you are you at full Jessica Dennis capacity? Um, probably yeah. mostly. I yeah. where I my husband and I are going to be moving in a couple of months to. Washington DC which isn't as bad a move as we've done historically like we aren't yeah. crossing the entire country in one direction or another like we have been doing but it's still uh we have a lot of you know zillowing to do and do you, do you have a pen near you do you have something to write with I do okay so these are the best gay clubs in Washington DC right <laughs> oh this that's down. right okay. yeah, you want you want nation uh nation is good velvet is good uh, you want cobalt? Cobalt is really good. But really, like, yeah, cobalt is the one you really, really, really want to go to. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Although I do have to try not to be the straight woman in a gay club, because <laughs> that's the thing that I'm aware of. But I hope that through my awareness, I can avoid those behaviors. What, what behavior specifically? Well, I guess groups of straight women go to gay clubs because they think it's like a safe space for them, which it categorically is not. Gay clubs <laughs> are, they're not for, they're, they're safe spaces for gay people, for gay men and women. That's not use as white. Well, not always white, but let's face it, white. <laughs> um, straight women. And they, I guess, like one of my friends um, who's actually a, uh, the lighting designer for um, the Uncharted games, Boone Cotter, who's amazing, um, created his job. He mentioned that he's been in gay clubs. I don't know if I should be saying this. Actually, I don't, I don't have. I don't have his permission. But basically, straight women just treat the gay men who are in gay clubs where they, you know, that they have established as safe spaces for themselves. They treat them like they're not fully human. Um, like their circus exhibits or something like like I like know, Micah, non- is that your experience that's not mine at all um I, I what i I understand this I like I've heard this you know the, this complaint it's not something that I've experienced uh in clubs that I've gone to, but I certainly know what this is about and it, it's usually like the, the the whole story of it is uh Women on like the, the the a bachelorette party will go into mm-hmm. a gay club and sort of the the go go dancers that happen to be around they are like you know treating them like uh, 
meat hanging from the ceiling or something like that. That that's the whole sort of criticism that it's like a, a zoo exhibit that um, straight people will come into and gawk and make part of their own uh, like their own experience. But uh, yeah, not something that I've experienced personally, and yeah. it's just something that I see a lot of people gripe about. But I've never seen it so. myself because, like, from my perspective, you know, a okay, this is like probably an overshare, but like I deeply <laughs> believe that. Almost all, I, I believe that most women are at least a little bit bi-curious, right? I think that most women, like I think, you know, you're yeah, just less threatened, I'll cop to that. threatened by the, okay, right? <laughs> so the thing is, if you're with like your lesbian friends at a, a you know, a, a club, like the average lesbian would step over like 10 gay women to like make out with a straight girl. Like, and that's just the truth. Like it's, I don't know. Like, so I, I think like there's a, there's a vibe of like, uh, like, cause you've got to understand you're in that space and you're like, huh, is that girl gay? I don't (laughs) know. And you're trying to figure it out. So I don't know. I think it's, I think it can be okay in that context. I mean, just like with everything else, you just have to pay attention to your own behavior and not be yep. an ass. Well, so. yeah. <laughs> which is like whatever. Well, well, uh, yeah, yeah. Every, everybody should just pay attention that, to their that's behavior. That's actually and... the title of Jessica Dennis's <laughs> upcoming self-help book. Don't be an ass. Yep. Yeah, don't right. be an ass, but don't show be it. So speaking <laughs> about not being an ass, this right. is what I wanted to talk about. I desperately wanted to talk to you about this because, Micah, you're a dog person like I'm mm-hmm. a dog person. Jessica Dennis is an avowed cat person. <laughs> like she's over there and Steve hates dogs. So so we've got, we've got two pro-dog people and two like less pro-dog people here. So, Micah, do you want to uh, sum up the story just to tell it really super quickly? Yeah. So basically there was a a woman, a a sociocultural anthropologist who was on a plane and the professor said, hey, I'm very, very, very allergic to cats. So, or rather dogs, not cats. Very, very, very allergic to dogs and like life-threateningly allergic. Either you need to get those dogs off the plane or I need an EpiPen. And they said, we don't have an EpiPen and we can't get the person to take their dogs off the plane because they have every right to be here as much as you do. What we can do is put you as far away as possible from the dogs. Um, Allegedly and apparently the uh, professor was not cooperative with that uh, and it ended up resulting in forcible removal from forceful removal from the plane. Yep. So, okay. So I saw this story and I'm like, wow, what a jerk. And I kind of retweeted this story out. I didn't say that on Twitter, but I thought it. And uh, so do you think that like a Twitter was like understanding that like we all have to share spaces on planes and like there's always someone that's like unpleasant you know like I've had kids kicking my seat for eight hours straight you know like I've sat next to like man spreading dudes like you know it's it's not pleasant flying and we're all there together and those dogs Mm -hmm. paid for their seat so do you think like people were friendly about that or do you (laughs) think like the anti-dog brigade came out and gave gave me what oh the brigade was out Oh, the brigade was out. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we've got two anti-dog people here. Like, where's the argument? Where's the argument here? How do you feel? How do you feel? I'm not anti-dog. I like dogs. I don't want to have a dog because I don't want to deal with dog poop. Um, (laughs) Or, like, dogs are just a lot more responsibility than cats. Like, if you leave a dog alone for a weekend and, like, fly away, like... Things probably aren't going to be in the same state when you come home as they were when you left. Like, that's just my understanding. Um, but I, I, I understand that life-threatening allergies are a thing. I, I, I don't know. Like, obviously, I'm a huge fan of people who have emotional support animals having their emotional support animals. Um, and like, just, you know, by playground rules, there are two people with dogs and only one person who violently objects to dogs. So it seems like the fairest thing to do is for her to be reaccommodated on a yeah. different flight 
It's well, just... or just move to the back of the plane. I mean, I am really, really, really allergic to cats, like hyper allergic to cats. I can't be in the same house where a cat is or like Frank has seen me. My eyes get like, like ultra red. Yeah. And I start sneezing. And, um, you know, all I would ask to do is like go to the back of the plane. Like I would be polite about it. This woman was very obstinate and had no medical documentation. You don't necessarily expect a dog to be on the plane. I mean, a service dog is different, but you don't necessarily expect that. So I don't know that that's the kind of thing she would remember to bring medical documentation for. Like, I mean, I've had again, service dogs are different. Like one of my daughter, one of my autistic daughters is like deathly terrified of dogs. Like sure. I like we like we talk about like my my uncomfortableness around dogs but i can generally deal i may you know be less than happy about it but i can deal but she's just like she's in tears the moment that she sees a dog across the room and there was a like stem thing that we took our oldest daughter to and there was a person there that had that was waiting in line in front of us who had one of those like they they basically they were carrying their dog around in their purse and she was like she wouldn't even come into the building like she was like, I'm not going over there. I, I need to get away from this dog. And, you know, so for something like that. But again, that's that's my problem. If it was a, especially if it's a service dog, then that's my problem. And if I need but and if I need to take her out of that situation and get on another plane, like that's a conversation I have to have with the plane. But, uh, you know, I don't know. With an allergy, maybe she was terrified that she was going to be stuck on a plane for however many hours without an EpiPen. But again, then you ask to get off the plane if that's the case, even if it's yes. going to completely mess up your mess up your travel plans. Unfortunately, those are your choices because service animals are the rules for service animals are different than for normal animals. And, you know, that's part of it. I mean, the the airline should have notified or she should have asked before she got on the plane if there were any dogs that were going to be on the plane if her allergy is that severe, the same way that like, you know, if you have peanut a peanut allergy, you would do the same thing. I mean, I know we've got a lot of tech topics to get to, so I don't want to get super deep into this. But I mean, it's like, um, even if it's not a service dog, like it is so expensive to fly with your animal that I don't do it. It's $300 uh, Hmm. to like put the dog under your seat. And like they're in a container and, you know, like your dog has to be well behaved or you'll get thrown off (laughs) the plane. It just seems like even if it's not a service animal, I mean, I have, I guess from my perspective, I have been so polite and so accommodating to so many screaming babies on planes <laughs> and right. kids kicking my seat. I have watched dudes like watching pornography uh. on the laptop sitting right next to me. I've had like, it's if you fly and you're flying with like an older gentleman next to you, it's a 99% chance he's going to assume that armrest is his. It's going to elbow you the whole flight. And I have dealt with all of that with a smile on my face. And I just feel like, I guess I feel a little bit resentful at the thought that like somehow some people are too special to like accommodate someone that wants to bring their dog along when they've paid for that and they're following the rules. I just, you know, I want us all to work together, you know? That's a big thing for me at the end of the day is like anytime you pay money for something and you, uh, you know, you get a service from it, like you're agreeing to a certain uh, contract be, you know, whatever it is. If you're buying a movie ticket, you're agreeing to certain things whenever you go and you watch the movie. And here, when you pay for this ticket and you pay for the ticket for your dog or you just pay for yourself, you're agreeing to the airline's policies. And it is your responsibility to uh, check up on those things. And in this case... The policy says that uh, whether it be a pet or it be a service animal, an emotional support animal, they are allowed on the plane. And in cases, I mean, it's even written about allergies into their policy. In cases where a passenger has an allergy, they're going to be seated as far away from the animal as possible. So that's right there in the thing. And yes, that's where 
I mean, it sucks that you have to think about that if you do have an allergy, but you do. You have to think about that. You know that people can bring their animals onto the plane, and you know that you have an allergy to animals. So it's up to you to uh, check in with the airline because people who bring their animals have to, of course, pay extra, and it's all put down. And so if you were to ask, then you would be told whether there's going to be an animal on the plane. So everybody's uh, agreeing to that same contract. And like you said, it's like, you're on a plane. It's always uncomfortable. Someone's always got their feet yeah. out, and it's just gross. And you just right. you're true. breathing everybody's <laughs> air, and ugh. But yeah, that like that them's the rules, and you <laughs> you agree to them whenever you hop on that plane. Yeah. And I love the I love what you said, Jessica, about the uh, the playground rules. There, <laughs> it's like uh, it's two of us and one of you. So yeah. yeah, and I mean, like if we go anywhere with my daughter, we ask if there's going to be dogs. Like the week that we were talking about our favorite puppies there was actually a birthday party that we went to where we were they had dogs and then we were assured that they were going to be inside the whole time and turns out they weren't and that was a fun day um but (laughs) but you know like we ask and we we try to either get accommodations or we make a decision not to go and that's something you have to do when you have you know a fear that's that strong or or an allergy that that's severe you know, you need to be, you need to advocate for yourself in advance. And unfortunately, if you don't, then this is the kind of thing that happens, unfortunately. Um, before we get into the meat of the show, I want to tell you all uh, about our friends at Squarespace who are bringing you this very episode right now. If you enter the offer code disruption at checkout, you are going to get 10% off your first purchase. Now, let's hear it. You want to make your next move with Squarespace. Know why? Because Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and even more. Maybe you want to create an online store or a portfolio or a blog. Well, Squarespace has an all-in-one platform that's going to let you do just that and more. There's nothing to install. You don't have to worry about patches, no upgrades, none of that, because Squarespace takes care of all of it. Also, they've got award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help along the way, and they let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name, and all of their award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off all those great ideas you have. As I've mentioned before, I love Squarespace because they're so up-to-date with the latest technologies. As soon as uh, HTTPS was really becoming a thing across sites, uh, they just had a switch that you could flip, and suddenly you you had HTTPS on your personal site. Uh, same thing with Apple Pay and other options like that. They're really quick to get all of that added in and we'll shoot you an email and say, hey, check this out. We've got it ready. Here's exactly how you get it set up. Now, Squarespace plans start at just 12 bucks a month, but guess what? You right there, you right there, George <laughs> or Sally or Panda can start a trial today with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com. And when you decide to sign up, Use the offer code DISRUPTION to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for Disruption. We thank you, Squarespace, for your support. Squarespace, make your next move. Make your next website. Can you, like, so say talk- that deeper? Can you say, like, make your next <laughs> website? Squarespace, make your next move. Make your next website. Make your next Very move. Deep, yeah. Make your next website. Uh, ooh, ooh. I, I would uh, like to hear Arnold Schwarzenegger read that and make it a threat. <laughs> make your next website. <laughs> or else. I like he it. Could. He could, too. So um, let's. this is an interesting story where, oh, dear, uh, I said let's uh, and my Alexa device thought I was talking to it. <laughs> oh, did you get the the big mouth Billy Bass that that is going to be Alexa enabled? Is that going to be your next purchase? Uh, oh my that God. will be my oh next God. move and yes. my next purchase. <laughs> Don't do it. Um, Don't do it. Run. <laughs> run far away. So Showtime. This is so interesting because it. it you, you think it was like one thing whenever you read the headline and it ends up being a whole sort of different deal. So uh, Showtime websites secretly mined users CPU for cryptocurrency. And we will, of course, include a link to this in the show notes. Now, uh, different sites are trying to find ways to monetize and many, some people run ad blockers. And so apparently now there's this way that you can circumvent ad blockers by installing a sort of, it, it's, it's like a banner ad in the sense that it's a script that loads on the site that uses individual users CPU to mine for Bitcoin. Basically it's a different way to get money 
off out of customers other than ads. Wait a minute, now, was it Bitcoin or was it a different kind? It was, it was Monero. Sorry, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah, this was yeah this was a secret uh, a more secret uh, cryptocurrency. Uh, for some reason, I, I Bitcoin and cryptocurrency are synonymous, but they are not. Uh, just in my head. So Monero, yes, um, and the script will mi- use your CPU to mine Monero. And this was found on Showtime's website and also on the Pirate Bay. Now, interestingly, the Pirate Bay apologized and <laughs> said that they would, uh, hey, we'll ask you in the future. And it was removed from Showtime's website as well as ShowtimeAnytime.com after Gizmodo and other places reported on it. But uh, they didn't have much else to say about it. And Monero, uh, or rather CoinHive, which is the, the application doing this CPU mining, was like, well, you know, we're really sad to hear that some of our clients were doing this without anyone's permission, <laughs> uh, but we're going to make sure that they always ask for permission going forward. So, yeah, apparently there could be other sites out there right now that when you go to them, they're using your CPU to mine. That's pretty gross, eh? Yeah, I mean, you know you want to use the GPU for starters. <laughs> True, true. You want to use both at the same time. Well, that's open true. GL and open CL. But you need, you know, your yeah. sweet SLI setup yeah. to be. Yeah, oh, dear. Right. So, so, Jessica, <laughs> I want to I take issue with something you said in our show planning. Uh, <laughs> and I suspect I'm going to have a different opinion than the group here. But you said you had a really big issue with cryptocurrency. And I, I well, first of all, like, what, what is your position on that? I just feel like it's a brotastic techno fascist or <laughs> <laughs> Orwellian nightmare in the making. I just I can't approve of it. Also, I think it's kind of it's very uh, bubbly in the in the in, in the sense of like t- the tech bubble, the you know dot com bubble and that housing bubble. Those those t- those bad bubbles that we have. Um, it just I I think it's. I, I mean, personally, I would never put any of my actual real-world physical money into it. Um, I would never buy Bitcoin. It's not FDIC insured, and I'm pretty risk-averse as a person. Sure. Um, but also, it's just the whole, like, the it's one of its advantages is supposed to be that it's untraceable, but I kind of like a little bit of traceability just so that, you know, if you've got, like, a human trafficking ring or something like you don't have a convenient way to pay for that yeah yeah, yeah. i i think that's fair um i really do and you know like there's a little story that came out on libertarian.org yesterday Ugh. that was like hey what's so wrong with selling babies anyway uh, oh good. <laughs> like, yeah, right, yeah like, i saw that headline yeah and you know like that's that's sort of libertarianism like hey why can't i sell this baby on the deep web to buy some cocaine like that's yeah, Jonathan that's a, there's a time and a place for everything and it's called international waters Okay. Right, cease dead. <laughs> uh, so I understand, like the ugh, I'm not, you know, like I understand why the culture would push someone away, but like for me, running for Congress, I do believe we need to integrate some cryptocurrencies into our financial system to a greater degree, and this is why. Um, you know, you're you're correct. You're completely correct. That it's not FDIC insured. You're completely correct that it's a risk. You're completely correct that you should not put all of your money in it. But like currency um, speculators out there, that's true of a lot of different currencies that our globalization system is based on. Like we take this for granted now, but before World War II. You know, we didn't have a system really in place for, like, turning German dollars into American dollars. Like, think about how that happens. It's very complicated, right? So what I believe is that, you know, if you think about the financial markets and you see, like, Congress looking to take away Chris Dodd, which very well could bring us back to another 2008 financial crisis, I don't think it's unreasonable for some people out there to go – you know what? I would like to have some stake in a financial currency that you know can't be corrupted by a political process. I would like to have this alternative. And I really can't see a downside to that myself. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem with cryptocurrency except for the fact that it seems like a lot of times when you hear about it, it's with shady doings, probably because it hasn't been normalized into society – So a lot of what you get is stuff like this. And I mean, just from 
like a PC user perspective, it's it's kind of disgusting to be monopolizing my machine without my knowing to generate, you know, currency out of this, you know, burgeoning currency that may or may not have legs or may or may not be around in, in two months. But now you're, you're having a legitimate like impact on if my, you know, my phone or my laptop, you're draining my battery, you're taking away battery cycles, for example, you know, you're degrading the rest of the performance on my machine and you're not telling me it's one thing if you're saying, Hey, in lieu of ads, we're going to do this and you're going to pay us not in, not in, you know, ad impressions. We're not stealing your identity, but we're going to take some of your CPU. And and you know what? If it's put like that, right, with every all the problems that we have with data being collected and then st- and then stored insecurely, that might actually be an okay, you know, trade off. But to basically hijack my computer and not tell me that you're doing it if for your own gain, and by the way, on a site that is charging for a streaming service. It's right. not like it's, it's yeah. not like it's, you know, the verge or whatever, not saying the verge is doing that, but just picking the first site that came to my team to my mind. Like, you know, if it's an ad supported site, that's one thing when you're selling a streaming service. And then on top of that, you're using my CPUs that I'm already going to be using to stream your content to mine cryptocurrency. That's kind of disgusting. Yep. So deeply yeah. uncool. I, I don't I don't disagree that it's entirely inappropriate in this context, yeah. right? Like you're paying for showtime. But like let's look at the way the web is monetized. Let's have an honest yep. discussion about this. So Steve, you mentioned the Verge uh offhand. So I'm turning Ghostery off on my Safari right now, and there are thirteen trackers. Yeah. And <laughs> if I disable all thirteen trackers and let them do their thing, it starts chewing up 10% more of my CPU of a very powerful computer. So let's be honest about this. The way the web is monetized is the same, but it's way worse because it's tracking your privacy and it's getting all kinds of information about you and it's selling it to third parties without your permission. So to me, like the idea of like using some of my CPU to mine some cryptocurrency, frack, Yes, that yeah. is a million times less gross. With consent, I like yes. It. I, yeah, yeah, I like it as long right. as there's consent. Because th- th- that's interesting. I mean, th- to touch on that, um, the Pirate Bay, as I mentioned earlier, they actually asked users if they preferred either ads or the CPU mining. And many of them were like, yeah, we don't mind the CPU mining. I absolutely agree. I'd rather have uh, a little bit like, okay, yeah, I'll give you a little bit of my system to do what you need to do while I'm on your site, as long as you're not yeah, tracking me in- across the entire web. I think that's a great idea. And I, I, I would imagine, uh, I, like I'm trying to imagine the world in which this was pitched and it was accepted. And it's like somebody comes in and they're like, yeah, 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 this is what we're going to, we're just going to make you lots of money. It's not going to hurt anything. Basically, you'll just be using a little bit of their CP, like they're probably going to say that. We'll just be using a little bit of their computer to do this processing. You're going to get some money out of it and we don't have to show them ads. And then it's like, oh yeah, let's try that. And then they did it and got found out. It's like if if they would have been upfront about it, I think that it's a little bit better. The problem is, of course, that it's one of those things that for many people who are going to Showtime to watch television, I don't imagine that for the general public uh, explaining what you have to explain sort of what Monero is, what cryptocurrency is, what exactly is happening with the CPU and the GPU, like what mining is, all those things in order to give consent. Or you just like put it into the terms of service and most people click accept on that anyway, which is not great. I'm not saying it's great, but it's like it's still there. Like, you know, at least then Excuse me. Then you're not having to um, have to go through and sort of give an education on these things before you go forward. It's just this way, weird, clandestine way of doing it that's the big issue, I think. No, I mean, there's a difference between paying for something and having your computer taken over without your knowledge. That that's the difference. Like if you're using your computer CPU to pay for content online, that's that's okay if that's transaction, and it's it's up to that. It's up to the the site provider. If they want to enable that to educate the user and maybe a lot of people aren't going to choose that option right away, but it's there. You have to you have to tell people up front 
what you're doing. Like I don't I think that I would rather if it if it was a trade-off between sites taking my information and reselling it 16 times or doing this. <laughs> I mean, I would probably I would probably choose this too, but the problem is there's also a limited number of times you can do that, right? Like if every site that you're going to is try is competing for your CPU, that that's not really a great situation either. Right. Like if you have five, five tabs open, they're all running the same JavaScript code and they're all they're all taking a non capped amount of your CPU. All of a sudden, your computer machine's grinding to a halt and you don't know what's going on. And this JavaScript on top of that. So yeah, it's exactly. Inefficient <laughs> on top of that. Keep Facebook open in a tab and you will already have no system resources within a week. Yeah. I, as someone who writes a lot of JavaScript for a living, JavaScript oh, oops, is terrible. Sorry. It's, sorry. it's really bad. Yeah. No, it's terrible. Oh. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a front end developer. I've written some really bad JavaScript sometimes because, you know, <laughs> something needs you to do get. You got to do what you got to do. It just needs to work and it needs to work now. So you don't necessarily have time to like track like how many resources you're using and <laughs> try to manage that. And I mean, look, let she who has not written bad JavaScript throw <laughs> the first stone. That's what I say. Oh, God. Um, all the, all the back end devs are going to be pelting me with rocks when I leave for work tomorrow. <laughs> last thing I want to say on this is Jessica, I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, you also subscribe to Showtime. Uh, do I? Yes, I do. I okay, do. So, I, Steve, I, I know you do because your wife watches all television. No, I think that's like the one we don't. The one we <laughs> oh, don't have a subscription to. Yeah. Micah, what about you? I know you're watching Homeland, right? Uh, no, I'm not subscribed okay. to Showtime. Okay, so huh. Showtime is the worst service by a large margin. <laughs> it is oh, the no. buggiest service on Apple TV. You have to reboot it like five times to get it to work. Trying to get it to load on iPad is a nightmare. So, like, I just want to tell you that, like, if you're framing this as, like, people at Showtime are going, yeah, no. let's get Jessica Dennis's money. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what's happening. You've got some jerk store, like, you know, <laughs> substance-dependent developer that's locking in. And, and come out with some scam to like get more money for you know his trip to Tahiti or something like <laughs> like this is not official Showtime policy. It's that their service is terrible, in my opinion. That's what I'm guessing is happening. So. I sort of love the idea that there was just one person funneling off the funds from this <laughs> cryptocurrency yeah. thing. Yeah. For their trip to Tahiti, that, that's I, what I, I believe. Yeah. See, I feel I feel better about that than I do <laughs> if it was the whole company. I, I, like, I, okay. I assure you, most of the business people at Showtime probably can't even spell cryptocurrency. I, I, <laughs> it, uh, that's the one thing that makes no sense to me. Like, I don't expect that. Like. Showtime executives are going to be on such the cutting edge of technology that oh, they're yeah, going to no. be greenlighting this thing. <laughs> this definitely does smell like someone went, someone went rogue. But I, I don't I mean, I can't prove that, obviously, but it's like I mean, the fact that it disappeared after it started getting reported on and Showtime yeah. has not had anything to say is kind of hmm. suspicious. <laughs> I'd imagine an HR meeting like you've got HR reading it like, what does it say you did here? I don't even <laughs> understand what this means. Go we can't on charge vacation because we don't yeah. know. What I'm, I'm, just, yeah. Yeah. I'm just imagining like the senior <laughs> leadership meeting where that gets greenlit. Like that's that's got to be a fun day. That's good. <laughs> That's good. All right. All right. You know what's not a fun day? No. Finding out <laughs> that uh, the law means nothing and nothing matters. Oh, uh, yeah, which that is, too. <laughs> which is the case in this story where a medicinal pot lawyer um, was like, okay, so so there were criminal, child, criminal charges filed against someone who works in medicinal pot. And the judge that was sort of uh, trying to work through this case needed to have uh, some communication between a lawyer and a lawyer's client. Now, this is privileged uh, communication that exists as part of attorney-client privilege, and the judge voided that attorney-client privilege to get this information. Uh, this story involves an iPad and a dishwasher uh, <laughs> for destroying evidence. It involves um, millions of dollars in uh, medical marijuana, profit. It involves um, 
some some chemicals used in the creation of like you know that are, that are routine for medical marijuana creation uh, or rather propagation and it's just it's a very interesting thing but Jessica you brought this topic to the table and I'd love to hear uh, your basic take on things and then we'll branch it out into a wider discussion here. Right. So full disclosure, the um, woman who is charged uh, and who is the attorney in this case, whose attorney-client privilege is being voided, was a college classmate of mine. We weren't friends, but we were fellow alumni of the same university, uh, well, college. Um, and as she's an excellent person who's really trying to do important work. Um, I am such a huge nerd and like total loser that I've never done any recreational drugs ever whatsoever. But I, for one, cannot find it in my heart to object to people find it, getting medical help involving marijuana. I just, I can't object to that. I, I, per, I don't even care if people are using it solely to get high for fun. Like, I'm cool with that. That's fine. We all just breathed a sigh of relief because all three of us <laughs> are here toking. Right. Let naturally. me tell you, you go up to Steve, like he's partying hard yeah. all weekend. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. door opens, the door opens. there's a thick cloud that rolls out of the I've house. I've been over to Steve's house. No one would blame him for talking up. That's <laughs> all <laughs> it's, I, I, it's actually a testament, a testament to my character that I haven't started. That's true. That's true. Right. Uh, but I mean, it's just unconscionable to me to object to people like cancer patients finding any kind of relief that's possible or people with PTSD or any number of conditions like medicine that works is awesome. People should feel better. Like I don't want anybody to be in pain or hopelessly nauseated or anything like that. And I also think it's unconscionable to violate attorney-client privilege. That is mm -hmm. like one of the foundational like things in our legal system. I'm basically incoherent with rage about this. Um, attorneys need to be able to do their job. And one of the things that they need to be able to do their job is the ability to communicate with their clients in a privileged way so that they can get all of the information and present a, a sufficient defense of their client. Um, I, and I have every confidence that the lawyer in this case would, didn't absolutely did not set out to do anything illegal. But as like every article about this points out, pot law is rapidly evolving, particularly yep. in the state of California, which is pretty um, liberal. And it seems like there's this is like kind of DA activism to try to sort of halt the flow of progress to stop time from moving forward. I don't know, but it's so yeah. Can I really say crappy. something about this? Because I've been studying this so much in running for Congress. Um, I think like one of the big critiques I would give of the Obama administration is, you know, basically what happened is the federal government was dragging their feet on legalizing pot. Like the medical case was just less and less and less for it, like being dangerous, right? And they dragged their feet. You know, Obama like put it out there repeatedly that he was not for pot legalization and that is how his uh you know justice department behaved and you know certain states let's go back in history like colorado and other states took the lead and said you know what we don't care what the federal government is doing we are going to make this legal in our state and jessica you're dead on when you say this is still being adjudicated because we do have this uh this um tension between what local laws are and what the federal law is. And, you know, the Supreme Court has not come down on this either way and has let, you know, anybody know. Here in Massachusetts, it's a mess what's going on. You have local governments that are trying to, like, rescind medical marijuana. So, um, you know, what I believe is that we need strong leadership on a federal level to look at, you know, the incarceration, the incarceration of people over, you know, very minor pot offenses and, you know, to just decriminalize this at the very least. You know, Matt Taibbi wrote a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful book called The Divide. And what he did is he followed the cases of young black men in New York in the Wall Street district that were being thrown in jail at Rikers Island for years upon years at the exact same time of the 2008 financial crash when no one was prosecuted in a substantive way by the Obama Justice Department. So you're looking at people being thrown in jail for nothing, for a little bit of pot, 
and then looking at criminal bankers <laughs> getting away with billions, mm. not having anything done to them. So I think it's time to really just look at our marijuana policy and just admit it's beyond racist. It is yep. like it's a waste of money. It doesn't serve the public trust. And we need leadership to stand up and to like do the right thing here. You are correct in every count. I it's 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 outrageous. And if you look into the history of when um, marijuana was criminalized, there's a strong undercurrent, as there is with much of this country's history, of explicit racism. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. It's like, uh, no one no one is surprised by that. Literally, no one is surprised by that. My dad, uh, when he was but a youngster, uh, went to prison. Um, for several years because of, um, selling marijuana. Um, and it was, you know, a good thing that he, he came out of like a lot of people go to prison and they come out and it's, it's not a re, re, what am I trying to say? Rehabilitative. I don't know. It's not a good process for them. Um, and, it was a positive thing in the end for him. And he's like a great guy now who's like a, you know, helps out with the community and, and does a lot of great stuff, but like still uh, a, a felony charge and it was, it was marijuana and had to go away for years to prison. And it, it's, it's just, it's pretty, uh, pretty frightening. Um, and especially knowing like the number of people who are in prison for this very thing. And we've got prison overcrowding. We've got people dying in prisons that are too hot um, because we can't a pay for them and B we can't, you know, keep the, keep the air running and, and C in many cases, it's just a plain old mistreatment of people who are in prison, people who are incarcerated. It's horrifying. Um, and, the, the, I, I mean, all of this, of course, is just like, my gosh, my gosh, my gosh, with everything. Because, yeah, as you're saying, that uh, voiding attorney-client privilege, are you joking? Are you <laughs> kidding? That boggles the mind. Like, it, of all of this, I hate that that is even a factor that can be considered. And to say that, like, you know, like, the, the it, now the judge or rather the uh lawyer the attorney who's involved in this um the ipad that was put into the dishwasher uh the the defense for this attorney uh is alleging that the ipad belonged to the mother and the mother was planning on getting rid of that ipad and so the mother had put it into the dishwasher to completely destroy the um data on it because the mother was you know paranoid about having her data exposed to anyone but whether it belonged to the mother or belonged to the attorney like that this attorney felt like they had to take the law if you know in this in this fake world that's completely not the real world for anyone who's listening like the the attorney had to take the law into their own hands and put it into the dishwasher to destroy it just to make absolutely sure and that's sad because attorney client privilege should be respected and should be protected and then this would not be the case like there wouldn't be can any I say to one do that. thing on here though and you know this is coming as someone that did a lot of crime reporting for many years um, it's not unusual as you follow cases through the judicial system that situations like this come up, right? And you hope that, like, you know, the DA does certain things that are ridiculously aggressive. I had a showdown with the DA one time, and this is me as a reporter, and I was a lot younger then. I think I was, like, 27 when I did this. And I flat out told the DA I'd been researching a case he was prosecuting, and there was no reasonable way that he could really think the people involved did the crime. <laughs> like, you know, like it was it is not unusual to see this kind of like zeal from district attorneys, and you hope the judge is going to catch it. But if they don't, if the judge doesn't do the right thing, like this is why we have appellate courts. You know, this is why we have, you know, state Supreme Courts. And I do believe just reading this case, I'm not a lawyer, but I do believe that this would not survive like, you know, the appeals process. I don't see how it could. It would be a very dangerous precedent. Yeah, I mean, the, the phrase waive your Fourth Amendment rights seems like <laughs> yeah. a yeah. phrase that is not <laughs> something that would hold up on appeal. Like, I, that's the whole point of rights is that you can't be forced to waive them. Right. Like, I, I don't I don't even understand. Like, that sentence doesn't even make sense to me. The Constitution says what it what it's supposed to say. 
Uh, do we have any more thoughts on this before we move on to questions? Legalized spot. <laughs> Hashtag. Yeah. Yep. All righty. Uh, okay. Steve? Okay. So we have a couple questions. We have one voicemail that we're going to save for when George is back because it's um, it's it's kid kid parenting. Well, not the kids aren't parenting. It, it's parenting technology <laughs> related. Kid, kid parenting is a different discussion altogether. That's when my oldest tells my tells my twins what to do. Like she knows what she like. She knows what they're supposed to do. Um, but we have a couple of questions that came in uh, through to the hashtag disrupt me, which is not the way that most of them come in. But that's a nice change of pace. Um, so we have one question and I don't know if um, we can use, use names. So I won't. Um, that says, how do I get my roommate to pay for her half of the stuff that we bought for our college dorm? I fronted the money, so it's time to talk about it. Nerf nemesis. I, yeah. Nerf nemesis. <laughs> Just show up happy. with the nerf nemesis and be like... You know, give me my damn money, like, and then it's just solved. So, uh, I'm really happy that this question appeared. This is um, a sort of like a, a typical everyday advice question. It's kind of nice to to answer one of these or, or try to help with one of these. Um, that is that's always an awkward conversation, um, especially like anybody out there who if you're listening and you are not yet in college um or university whatever you happen to call it i want to caution against uh deciding to become roommates with your friends like with friends that you have already and you decide to become roommates as opposed to just people who become your friends over time because you are rooming with them and it's an opportunity um what is that a relationship of opportunity and the reason why is because um i and and you know, after this happened, I've had conversations with with colleagues that I've worked with who were like, "Yep, that's something you should just never do." Um, I lost uh, a couple friends over the years through some bad roommate experiences, and you know, we since have have become distant friends, but never to the extent that we were before. It was just like our compatibilities were very different when living together. So what I'm saying about this is like, if this is a friend and you're sort of like, oh, this is an awkward thing and I really don't want to talk to this person about it, I understand that. I think what the most important thing here is, is communication. Because if you decide to go the passive aggressive route, like my dear roommate used to like to do and leave post-it notes all over walls and tables and things like that, or like, I don't know, stuff things away or, or very prominently leave things out to try and make a point, whatever that happens to be. All that does is like it causes resentment for you because you've got a lot of pent up resentment. And then also at the same time, it could very well be that like the person is just unless it's a giant post-it note or something that has a message on it the person like they could be missing what you're trying to tell them it's so much better to just come out and say straightforward hey this is how i'm feeling this is what needs to be done now i understand in a perfect world you have somebody who's like oh yeah i realize that i have to pay you back for that but not everybody thinks that way so i guess what my main point of advice is is like I know it's hard to approach this subject, but you, you that that's the only way to make this happen other than a nerf nemesis is to just be like, <laughs> hey, we got to talk. You owe me money and you need to pay it because I fronted the cost. Otherwise, you're going to be resentful and you're not ever going to get the money and it's just going to be a bad experience with the two of you living together. Yep, that's what I would do. I would just resent that person forever <laughs> yeah. i think you can steal their car legally i'm, oh, yeah. I'm not sure that sounds right like i think an you exchange of property free. yeah just That's my interpretation of the law yeah just grab those keys take a joyride until you feel like you've gotten that amount of money back maybe like just take their phone like that's probably worth like as much as in the dorm you know like yeah. it's all good I, I guess one of my this this kind of runs up against one one of my general rules for life which is try not to anger somebody who has unrestricted access to your stuff when you're not there <laughs> That's oh a good God. principle. So that, that's kind of a complicating factor because my my immediate my immediate reaction would be this stuff is mine now and you can have it when you when you pay me, but they're still living in the room with you. So I I don't quite know. Uh, I mean the way you the way you avoid the situation is by not getting into it in the first place, which is to say these are the things that I'm bringing and these are the things that you're bringing, and that that's how I dealt with it with my. My freshman roommate um, in college that we just said, OK, I'm bringing the computer. You can bring this is back in the days when 
a computer was not something that everybody had because I'm old. But, um, you know, I'll bring the computer, you bring the stereo and we'll, you know, we'll share those things. But if you bought everything for it, it's you you can say don't you know this is all my stuff now but just be prepared for the consequences if you do something like that if there are somebody <laughs> yes, who's taser, that now. tasers are fine i think um yeah feel free to use tasers. tasers really really the nerf nemesis that's your best bet i mean i cannot tell you sometimes i just get my nerf nemesis and i walk into the same room as frank and it's just like you know like the air just changes and it's awesome i mean there also is something to be said for a campaign of psychological torture Right. Um, but yeah. you know, I, I, I would, you know, George is not here. She's a diabolical mind who, who's, you know, skilled in such things. So I wouldn't know where to start with that, but <laughs> I, okay. I just had to say the, the thing about like angering. Yes. Certainly again, <laughs> don't, don't go the route of like, I don't know, rubbing your foot on their toothbrush or something yeah, like don't, that, don't do and that. Telling them, telling them later that you did that. And then you have someone who's angry at you who has access to your stuff. But if this is something that you did, like this is a gr- an agreement you came to, no one no one should be upset or get angry whenever you're like, hey, now it's time to pay. And eat. like, okay, so maybe they're going through a rough time or something. They don't have as much money. Then maybe you can set up like, hey, uh, I you could take me out to lunch, or we can work on every time you get paid, you give me ten dollars, whatever it is. Like the the point is to like you want to qu- you want to squash this because there are going to be more disagreements between the two of you. And the worst thing possible is having to live with this person for the next year, if that's how long the lease lasts, and you just keep building up and building up and building up more and more resentments. And suddenly it's just like you walk into this black house of horror because the the auras in the whole house is just this dark, shadowy, just horribleness. And there's like dishes all over the counter with post-it notes all over them that say, wash this, clean this, and no one's done laundry for seven years because no one <laughs> will take their stuff out of the dryer, uh, even though you've asked them seven times. Like all, all of this stuff could just go so bad. This or is you theoretical, just, right? Theoretical, just making yes. sure. Theoretical. Just making sure. This is Micah writing his memoir in front of us is what this is. Okay. okay. Just, just yeah. last thing I'll say here. This is another pro tip, and this just occurred to me now. You'll be shocked. <laughs> so, okay, maybe – they come home one day and you've cleaned off the kitchen table and they come in. It's like, oh, look, the kitchen table's all neat. And you're like, oh, but wait, what's this? Is there some sugar on the table? Can you go down there? Can you smell that? Is that sugar oh that's right gosh. there on the table? And then as their nose gets close to like the line of white powder, you take the photograph and then you tweet that photograph. You're like, I don't know why my roommate is like having their nose close to all that white powder on the table. That's how you win. Blackmail. Don't do anything. <laughs> if I could be serious for one second before we go off oh, of no. this, though. Please oh, don't. Okay. Yes. Please don't. Please I, I would don't. just say that this is why RAs are a thing. So right. if you're that's in a dorm, true. then I would talk to your RA and see if they can help you resolve it. Because that's why they pay for their room and board to deal with, with annoying stuff like this. If you need to go that far with it, yeah. But, like, why not just talk to the roommate first and see? I'm assuming that if they're asking us that they've already had a conversation and nothing's happening. Right. So what if the RA is in the thrall of Satan? What about yeah, that? It's like snorting cocaine. That's it. That, I already I already figured that into my calculations because that's true for all. Our oh. RAs. I mean, <laughs> you, you don't you don't do you don't take that job unless you're possessed by some sort of a demon. I, that's, I agree that is 100 percent true. One of my good friends RA was, was like, an RA. There's so Evil. one of my good friends was RA, Evil. too. He, got, he still was possessed by a demon with the time. You know, he got better. Okay. I, okay. I liked my RA. Still possessed by a demon. It's just mm. that's just facts. What, what's um, the second question? All right. So, uh, so the second one, I, I'm going to assume that I can use this name because this is not a this is not an incriminating question. So this is a question from Beck, <laughs> who asks, um, with uh, Christmas and or the holiday season coming soon, what's on your lists to buy this year? Um. Okay. So I'm being serious now. I am seriously convinced, and my husband is convinced, uh, that my Audi TFT has been possessed by Satan. Oh, yeah. So, Did it take a job right. as an RA? Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Huh. Um, <laughs> yeah, so now my temperature sa- sensors are failing in addition to my airbag. Uh, it's it's just, like, it's really at the point. I spent $4,800 on this car. We spent over $10,000 trying to fix it. And I've still got electronics that are failing in the car. So 
Honestly, uh, this year I want a new car for Christmas. That's what I want this year is a car with airbags. I would like to drive right. down the highway and not have my airbag light on and just have confidence that when the worst happens that I will be slightly less likely to die. That's what I would like. <laughs> it's not asking much, really. Yeah. I, I, I think not. <laughs> so, Jess, what about you? Um, hmm. I tend to just buy everything that i want because yeah. i'm a spoiled tech worker uh, i hope by christmas i'll have my new apple watch i don't know it's still saying october 23rd we'll see um i mean i would say i would like a super nintendo classic mini but that's probably not going to happen well you need the camping gear in order to be able to camp out in front of the best buy tonight to get the, S- yeah. the SNES Classic. So happy mine is coming from Best Buy and I can track it right now. I know. I always, it's terrible at this job that I've got where we're always, it's the private sector. So we're busy all the time. So I can't like be on Twitter to like be aware of when every single pre-order window opened. I missed all of them and I'm just screwed. So I'll just have to like wait until ThinkGeek has another ridiculously expensive bundle like I, that's how I got my NES Classic Mini and just like spend an absurd amount of money. I don't know. I don't even know why I want these things. I just do. Um, so that's like my Christmas wish, an unreasonably expensive. Yeah, Jessica, <laughs> you were this close to being asked to be on Rocket. You were this close to like when we were putting Uh-oh. together the host for it. If like in another universe, you were on Rocket and like you were there on the thread with Christina and I like texting each other frantically to plan it. So just know that there's another universe, Jessica Dennis, that's really going to enjoy her super Nintendo. That this bitch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's yours. That's yours. You paid for it. So go get it. You just have to invent some sort of, I don't know, quantum, quantum entanglement device and you yeah. can jump over to that yeah. universe. Yeah. That might not be the person. first thing that I do, though. I'm just I'm just going to put that out there. I'm not going to say what I would do because my husband is getting a very like top secret government contractor job and I can't say so. <laughs> it's probably <laughs> not true. Things. But there are, it seems wise to not say certain things. So anyway, but just, you know, use your imagination what I might change about our current reality. Ah, oh, oh, oh. wow. Okay. That escalated quickly. You. <laughs> if you need any help once you get that quantum entanglement device. So, Michael, what would you get? Mind. Well, I, 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 I take back what I just said because I'm also getting a secret government job. And so what I just said is not true and can't be held against me in mm-hmm. a court of law. Um, no, I, my, my partner and I are stuck on this horrible curse of, uh, an end of November one year lease every time. Um, Uh. and he just got another, um, promotion. And so we are actually going to be moving at the end of November. So all of December will be recouping, uh, from any funds lost in, in moving. Um, Luckily, you know, the company, his company helps out with that, but it's not, you know, moving takes up a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of energy. And I'm really bad with moving in terms of how it affects me. Oh, yeah, it's horrible. It's the worst thing. I'm right there with you. I just, I turn in, I basically like, I cocoon. So uh, <laughs> December is just going to, maybe I'll buy that or I will ask rather for m- the holidays, candle nights that I choose to celebrate. Um, I will ask for that weighted blanket that's always all over Facebook that like weighs you down and makes you feel really snuggled and cared for. And I'll just spend <laughs> all of December wrapped in that blanket <laughs> while I recoup. Because we're moving to, oh joy. The best place in all of the United States, the place with the highest um, homicide rate and the place with the best police officers. Boston? St. Louis, Missouri. Boston? Oh, wait, wait, no, St. Louis. Don't do that, Micah. It's too late. Don't run. Run. (laughs) Run. I can't. I can't. Uh, We're going to get you an Iron Man suit for Christmas. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Walk around. We just get you like a tank or something or, you know. Yeah. No, not tank. Not a tank. Tank's a bad idea. No, not a tank. No. Iron Man suit. That'll work. Uh, Maybe just like a night suit. entirely threatening. Like a night suit. You can just wear that out. That would. Maybe like, I I don't know what's. considered less threatening to a racist police officer is it a uh, person of color in like a very bright led suit or is it a person who's wearing like 
you know, the most svelte, most camouflage clothes. I feel like if I'm in bright LEDs, that's like, hey, don't hurt me. And it's like written out in LEDs and one of those little panels that runs across my chest, then maybe I'll be safe. But who knows? Because it's St. Louis and the police there like to kill people. So don't move there. Don't move there. Here, here's oh. here's my strategy. So what if we got you a Boston Dynamics service dog? Oh, and, yeah. Yes. And then they would just be like, there's no way anybody's going to go near you. You walk around with that thing and everybody's going to be so creeped out. They're just going to give you a wide berth. I would totally like go. Can I ride? Can I ride your Boston Dynamics dog? I <laughs> would totally cool people, do that. Yeah, yeah, the cool people would approach. So I'd make some more friends that way. Uh, now, to be clear, he will be working in uh, downtown St. Louis, um, but we won't be living like quite inside of St. Louis. And I have a job from home, so everything will be fine. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be all right. <sighs> Anyway, moving is no fun. I hate moving. Um, But yeah, that's what I will be spending my money on in December is uh, basically refunding like my savings or whatever to yeah. to after after moving uh but i will be getting my dogs lots of gifts of course so yeah pupper pup, gifts i cherish <laughs> moving because that's my chance to get my husband to throw away more of his junk so. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's great oh, like that is good yeah, yeah. I, I, that, that's that's a good point that's a positive way to look at it steve he's, what about he's you? giving me yeah. evil eye right now <laughs> so so i think we're probably going to have to buy a new mac because i we've our our oldest has apparently entered the grade where you're expected to do most of your homework on the computer and is turning in her assignments on powerpoint which sounds like a special level of hell beyond anything I had to deal with in grade school. Like we have this old white MacBook from like 2008 that I tried to set uh, up for her. And cause that's uh, what we have lying around. I'm not letting her have my computer. That's what I play Hearthstone on. That's not happening. Um, you so want you know, my MacBook air. Yeah. Well, so, so should we try to set that up? And it's like, well, Firefox, if she tries to log on, she's like, well, you need to be using Safari. Well, she's using Safari, but it's Safari like six. So, so I think what we're probably going to end up doing is buying Maureen a new computer and then passing Maureen's uh, 2012 MacBook Pro down to down to my oldest. So I've put an SSD in it and a bunch of RAM. It's it's a pretty decent computer. You know, it's it's good for the kinds of things that she's going to do. And then, you know, Maureen's trying to work on her book, so she deserves a. uh, you know, a good machine on which to do that. So we'll probably I'm end up doing that at some to point. Read it. This yeah. could be a great Christmas. Like I'm gonna yeah. be over <laughs> my Porsche Cayman from two thousand eight <laughs> going and picking you up. Steve's gonna be like ginking his wife's MacBook and like Micah's gonna have his killer attack dog from Boston Dynamics. <laughs> I can't wait. And then we're gonna go into the Jessica Dennis dimension where that <laughs> bee has her Super Nintendo and we're gonna take it from her and Aww. come back to this dimension. I love uh, it. Yeah. Wait, are you going to give it to me? Like this dimension yeah, me? That's cool. Yours. Okay, that's awesome. Someone should make a movie right. poster. Of, that's uh, fine. She, she had the privilege of being on Rocket. I mean, that's you know, true. she's had her fun. She's I had I too much. I watched season two of The Flash. I'm not sure that that's, that's, this is a great plan. It's a great plan, Steve. I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> I want my Boston Dynamics doggy. <laughs> <laughs> uh Sorry, I just was like thinking about how how safe would you feel? You just feel pretty darn good if you just like get to walk around. Now, I wonder if anyone can complain about a Boston Dynamics dog on a plane because it doesn't have any allergenic. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, it's like a Mister Bigglesworth cat, except you know a, a metal dog. Life hack. It's a life hack right there. Yeah. Just bring your Boston Dynamics dog onto the plane. There next you go. Time. That's great. That's great. It's very soothing. It's a very soothing service animal. Oh God. <laughs> uh, oh dear i love it okay uh i i think that just about does it on the show eh? yeah we've we've ruined the show <laughs> yes yes <sighs> well if you would like to get in touch with your uh questions your thoughts your comments your concerns your movie posters of our alternate dimension travel <laughs> uh you can tweet us at underscore disruption fm with the hashtag disrupt me or you can send a direct message if you'd rather keep things private. As always, please let us know if we can use your name on the show. Otherwise, we'll default to anonymous. Now, if you want to leave a voicemail, which we have one coming up next week, if you want to get yours in there, you can call us at 508-418-3532. 
Uh, if you're looking for the show notes, you can find them in that app that you're listening to the show in right now, or you can head to relay.fm slash disruption. If you are looking for me online, you can find me at Micah Sargent on Twitter, or you can go to chihuahua.coffee, if you know how to spell <laughs> chihuahua, uh, where I have links to all the things that I do. Hey, Steve, if people are looking for you online, where can they find you? Well, if you uh, would like to hear me talk about Hearthstone or specifically uh, talk about how I got to Legend for the second time on Sunday... Uh, I just recorded a whole episode of Off Curve about that, which you can go listen to at offcurve.com. And I actually had one person on Twitter who had gotten to Legend at, right after listening to that based on the recommendations I made in that episode, which was a pretty awesome feeling. So um, you can go check that out at offcurve.com or you can follow at offcurve on Twitter. And if you just want to follow me and my nonsense, you can find me on Twitter at Wicked Good. Excellent. And Bree, if people are looking for you, where can they find you? Well, I, before I do that, I want to say, uh, if you miss Isometric, it's going to be a really heavy couple of video game shows coming up. Because, I mean, Steve, did you get the Super Nintendo? Are you doing no. one? No, I'm going to okay. try. Well, but, I'm yeah. going to talk all about it next week and make <laughs> everyone nuts. Damn um, it. So good luck <laughs> with that. Um, also, Danganronpa uh, 3 mm. just came out, which is oh, one snap. of my very, very, very favorite games. So... Uh, I kind of get the feeling that this is going to be a video game heavy show for a little while. Uh, so uh, other than that, this is really important, guys. Um, in For my congressional race, uh, you know, we are really working. It's the end of the quarter. We're trying to do a fundraising push uh, to really get everything together for our Star Wars fundraiser. So it would help me out so much if you would go to supportbriana.com and would donate to my congressional campaign. You know, we talk about stuff on the show every week, and it's not enough to just be mad at Donald Trump. It's not. You've got to be out there. You need to be raising, like, you need to be running for office. You need to be raising money, or you need to be donating time to somebody that's running for office because, you know, like, the stakes are just too high to set it out and, you know, tweet or Facebook. So, uh, yeah, I hope you guys will do that. Or follow me on Twitter. At Space Cat Gal. At Space Cat Gal. <laughs> I think there's only one Brianna Wu now. Like, they got rid of all the fans. Oh, Jesus. So, yeah. Oh, that's, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jessica Dennis, if people are looking for you, where can they find you? They can find me at Jessica Dennis on Twitter, uh, or I write a weekly video game review at uh, what? <laughs> what is my stupid URL? Games.jessicadennis.me. Um, that's me as in myself. Uh, and you can also hear me on my podcast, Ruffled Feathers, with my co-host, Joe Makarowski. You can find that at ruffledfeathers.xyz. I love it. And if Georgia were here, she would tell you that you can find her at Georgia underscore Dow on Twitter. And if you're dealing with anxiety, depression, boundary issues, parenting, any of those things and more, you can go to anxiety-videos.com and check out the video help courses there. All right, Steve, all that's left is for you to do that thing you do every week to get us out of here. So, Steve, take it away. Oh, we're done. Why are you still listening? It's, you're just going to hear the music. There's nothing left. Bye.